We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast happy saturday happy weekend it is your saturday crew i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast pulse of the pack quick slants podcast game on wisconsin along with mark eckel of the Packers report, Packer report, I should say, and Paul Brettle of, as we joke every week, every website that covers Wisconsin <laughs> sports and the Green Bay Packers, Dairyland Express, and Game On Wisconsin. Mark, yes, as always, how are we looking on the East Coast? Um, we've had some a lot of rain. Today was on and off. Uh, we're, we're getting a little bit of a residue from Hurricane Sally that's uh, doing some damage in the Gulf. Mm. We're not getting the hurricane, but we're we're getting a little bit of. Um, Little little rain, actually more than a little rain. We had a lot of rain yesterday, and a little rain today, but it's starting. It looks like it's starting to clear up finally. All right, very good. And Paul, very importantly, up there where the game is going to be taking place in just under two days' time. How are we looking up near Lambo? It's beautiful. Fall, fall is here. It is. I mean, the warm days right now are low to mid sixties, and it's we got a frost advisory tonight. Ooh. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, buckle up. There you go. Yeah. Buckle <laughs> up. Absolutely. <laughs> Tundra might have a little frozenness to us, huh? Okay. <laughs> could, it could. It could. Well, here we are in week two. The Packers got a big win last week against the Vikings to open up the season. And as we will be doing every week, we have the injury update for everybody. We're recording this a little bit early uh, ahead of the official announcements on Friday, but we've got most of the notes that we need here. So, gentlemen, let's just dive right in. Packers. And Lions, Lambeau Field, it's going to be a weird scene. No fans in the stands. I think this is the first time that's ever happened, right? There's, there was never even a exhibition game played at the stadium where there were no fans, right? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I wouldn't I think so. Would so this is a first, you know, for a stadium that's been around as long as Lambeau Field is to have a first. That's kind of significant. But we did learn early on Friday that, according to coach, uh, according to head coach Matt LaFleur, Kenny Clark will not play on Sunday he is going to sit out with that groin injury that he suffered last week against the Vikings. Packers were able to manage without Clark, pick up the victory, and they did okay, but we were talking a little bit before we started recording. And, Mark, I think you summed it up best. When Kenny Clark is not on the field, things just go differently for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, they, they managed all right. They didn't. The, the defense didn't manage to do anything without them. But the, but the, you know, the the offense scored forty three points, so that was barely enough to win. You know, Kenny Kenny Clark is so good, and, and I don't think people, obviously, people around the league don't don't real or people don't realize this because he he was left off the top hundred list, which was just ridiculous. Um, he he doesn't get mentioned along with some of the best defensive linemen in the league, which he is. And his his importance to the Packers is just it's so so vital. I mean, he makes Dean Lowry better. He makes Lancaster or Kiki or whoever's next to him better. And, I, and that's to me that's that's the ultimate compliment is that you make other players better. He makes the pass rush better. He makes he just makes the whole team better. And when he comes out, I mean, even when he's in there. The line's average. It's an average defensive line with Kenny Clark. Without Kenny Clark, uh, it's going to, I don't know, It's that's Mike Pettin better better have a real good game plan this week. Yeah, he's a game changer in terms of his presence out there. And you mentioned it, Mark, The it's who's who else is there. So, Paul, how much confidence do you have in Kings of Kiki to all of a sudden start his process of breaking out in year two this week if he's got no Kenny Clark running mate next to him <laughs> a lot but I did I don't ex- I expect the the run defense to have their issues this week and you know it's a Lions team with uh DeAndre Swift on Johnson and Adrian Peterson I joked earlier this week in an article it's 2020 and we still have to worry about Adrian Peterson running all over this Packers defense because he still might um yeah they're gonna Patton's gonna have to make some adjustments like Mark said whether that's be playing, you know, two linebackers on the field more, or you know, hopefully Raven Green's back this week, but you know, he's also shown that he's there's an unwillingness to that because he wants to, you know, have the extra DBs on the field, and this week he'll need it as well. I mean, this is a Lions offense with Stafford and the receiving court they have, even without Galladay, which we'll get to shortly. You know, they they can make some explosive plays, and this is a secondary that's shown to give them up. So. Uh, I, I don't think there's much else that I can add that Mark hasn't already said, but I think the the, the interior defensive line is going to be in trouble a little, little bit this week. Yeah, obviously that's the big one uh, that we that we know of, that's for sure. And we were talking a little bit earlier this week because you've got the Lions this week, and then next week the Packers travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Now, I don't want to get into hyperbole and must-win talk at this early in the season, but two very important games here. You got a divisional game against the Lions and you can't afford to lose any of those. And you've got a tough road matchup against the Saints and a team that you haven't historically beaten on the road over the course of the time that, you know, I guess we'll go with Aaron Rodgers being the starter since he's one of the longest tenured Packers and most important players on the team. So I don't know if if it's, it's a matter of Kenny Clark legitimately can't go, and it doesn't matter whether he's, you know, he's he's ready to go or not. They're they're not holding him out for next week because, like you said earlier this week, Mark, you can't afford to drop that divisional game. And these these games against the Lions, we've seen some really strange ones over the years. I mean, well, remember how they had that long winning streak against Detroit, and then uh, Mark, you mentioned too that the Lions at one point had won four straight against Packers. And yeah, and they led last year in both games right till the final play <laughs> in both of them. so you know uh, for whatever reason you know matt patricia has done a very good job coaching against the packers if if, if, if he coached as well against the, the rest of the league as he did the packers he might not be in trouble as he but apparently you know he, he might be in a little trouble so um 
yeah, this is not going to be easy. I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form like I think the Packers will find a way to win. Uh, you know, because of the offense. Again, I think it. I think this game could look a lot like last week's game. I think it's going to, it, not that it might not be 43-34, but it could be. It's going to be in the 30s. I think the Packers are going to need to be in the 30s to win this game, and I think they can because the Lions' defense is not that. I mean, they're we're talking injuries, right? Well, the the, the Lions are banged up on both sides of the ball, really. They're, but their secondary is kind of a mess. Um, you have the names there, Paul, of who who who's not playing for them this week, right? Yeah, Coleman and Trufant and at corner. Yeah, and the other guy already went on went on I I R. They're they're starting corner, right? Yeah, Coleman. Justin Coleman. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, that's Coleman. Right. But I thought he had three guys missing in the secondary. Okuda was Okuda was out right, last was out week, there, but he right. looks like he'll be back this yeah, week. So he'll, just... he'll, he'll play. And that and it's not a great secondary to begin with, which is why they spent the third pick in a draft on a on a corner. Um yeah, I think the pack I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are gonna have another pitch and catch kind of day. Um I mean, they they don't they don't have, they don't have a, they don't have a corner that can that can handle Adams, and I think Lazard and MVS will put up good numbers as well. Um, so yeah, and the, and the Packers can run, they'll they'll run the ball pretty well. I mean, they'll they'll score points this week. I'm not worried about the Packer offense. Um, the line, now the Lions offense, you imagine they 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 can hit you with some big plays, but but not having Galladay, that that's a good that's a loss. He's a he's their best receiver. Right? That's a huge he's a huge loss. I mean, Kenny Galladay is uh, he had a good game against the Packers last year. I don't I don't remember the uh, the season ender, but I know in the first matchup on um, was that a Thursday? Was that a thir- uh, Monday night game? Monday night football. He night. he played really well. So yeah, he's he's him being out is very significant. Um, we mentioned Desmond Trufant. They actually have two offensive linemen. I'm I'm going to go with Hala Hala Vitae. I I'm not even does anybody want to attempt his first name? Big, we just called him Big Big V in Philly. Big V, yeah. Hall of he's not a bad player now. He's, he's right, he's a, and Joe Dahl. He's not a star, but he's a solid. Um, he was, as a matter of fact, he was a guy. Now I think the Lions overpaid him. Let's let me start with that. But he was a guy during last year's, you know, the past off seasons free agency that I thought mm, could be of interest to the to, to the Packers. Look, I, I you know looking for a, for a tackle. Um, they they they. The Lions gave him like ten million a year, which, if you're not going to give Brian Balaga ten million a year to keep him, then you certainly don't give it to to Vitae. Um, but yeah, he's the, you know he's a solid solid player, um, and he's obviously better than his backup, or he or he wouldn't be the backup, right? So um, so there that's where the Packers defense has you know without Kenny Clark, we're saying they're going to be hurt, hurt against the run and stuff. They got to bulk up up front, and then Zadarius and Preston Smith. Along with Gary and whoever else they put out, is they got to get pressure on Stafford. They they really did not get a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins last week. A little bit early, and it kind of just went away. Um, you know they they can't let Stafford get get comfortable back there. They got to hit him, even if they don't sack him. You know, knock him down a few times, get in his face, um, which is what the Packer defense is supposed to be built to do. And second half last week, we really didn't see it. Yeah, Vitai and. Joe Dahl are both starters. And so they, they both were on the injury report. So we'll see. Uh, Vitae didn't practice all week. We yeah, don't know what play. the scoop is with Friday. So 
that could end up being a, a benefit. Teams are banged up already. We've, we've talked about the Packers and their injury fortune last year. I don't think it's going to repeat this year already. We're seeing it not repeat in a way, not, not too, too badly. But um, outside of Clark, and, and you know, I wanted to start with Kenny Clark because he's obviously the most significant, but Josiah DeGuaro with the shin ankle injury, he was limited on Wednesday, but he did not practice Thursday or Friday. So that would not seem to bode well for Josiah DeGuaro. Equinemius St. Brown, again, same thing. Limited Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday or Friday. Was the Friday no practice for EQ confirmed by either of you guys? Yes. Yep. So He he didn't practice Friday. And he didn't play in the opener, so still no idea uh, when or if we'll see Equinemius St. Brown back anytime soon. As far as those two go, obviously Equinemius St. Brown's been gone for a while, so it's a loss, but not in the sense that he's an integral part of the offense. But DeGuara was a guy that I would imagine that Coach LaFleur was going to try to work more and more into the offense as the time went on. He had one catch last week, but it's it. I don't want to say it's a huge, huge loss, but it's a bit more significant in that I think he, in an ideal world, would have been a little bigger part of the game plan. Would you agree with that, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and not just his numbers. I mean, he, he threw some good – he did everything in, in his NFL de- debut – he showed everything that the Packers liked about him. Um, you know, he was they 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 targeted him a couple times. They they lined him up everywhere, which was which what which is what they wanted to do with him. He lined up as, as in the backfield, in the slot, um, as a tight end, threw some good blocks, which is what they were hoping to see from him. You know, he's a pretty good blocker. He had I think he had he only had the one catch I think right, but um, he was open the one time. And one of the few bad passes Rodgers threw, he just kind of overthrew him a little bit. Um, but, I mean, no, he's – it's a shame. And I don't, When did he get hurt? Was it in practice? Because he was – Yeah, I didn't realize – I didn't see him leave the game. This one snuck up on me this week. I didn't realize – Paul, did you hear anything earlier than, than – I mean, I just found out today, uh, which is Friday, but I don't know if anything had come out earlier. No. I mean, I saw the initial report earlier in the week when they first released it that he was on there. But honestly, I just thought it was one of those, you know, maybe something lingering from Sunday's game. I didn't I, I didn't know that he was, you know, banged up that bad where it looks like Sunday's going to be in jeopardy for him. But, you know, he didn't fill the stat sheet by any means, like Mark said, the one catch and none of the other tight ends added a catch. But that unit as a whole, they were excellent in the blocking game. If you go back and rewatch that game, Sternberger, uh, DeGuara, Tanyan, and Lewis, they were all throwing blocks, and um, DeGora had the one where he knocked out two Vikings on Lazard's run. Um, so he really had a nice debut, even though it wasn't, you know, the flashy catching the passes and all that stuff. And I think he's going to be missed, his versatility and that blocking ability. And I just want to circle back one minute to Kenny Clark in the run game. You know, the offense, the Packers' offense, can give that run game, that run defense, a boost by doing what they did last week against Minnesota, and that's scoring points. You know, if you look at the overall stats for Cook and um, Alexander Madison, they were efficient. They both averaged, or as a unit, the two of them, they averaged over five yards per carry. But when you're trailing by two scores for most of the game, you're not going to be running the ball a whole lot. And so that helped kind of negate and, you know, camouflage the, the hole that was Clark. So the Packers offense can give that run defense a boost this week if they can come out fast, and I expect them to. That and also, I mean, if you want to, if you want to throw another 41 minutes of time of possession out there on a, on a yeah, second week well. in a row, that would certainly not be an awful thing either. It's it's easy to uh, control or contain an opposition's running game when their running backs and their quarterback is on the other sideline. So, Paul, you mentioned Adrian Peterson, and 
we've all we're all having flashbacks and nightmares to some of his better games against the Packers. Uh, it's surprising based on all the damage that he's done against his team over the years that back in 2012 when he had a chance to break the single season rushing record that he didn't do it against the Packers in that final game of the season. I don't know. I don't know how Green Bay kept him out, but yeah, that's uh that's going to be something that uh will will be kind of interesting to watch as Adrian Peterson with his 30th different team, I'm joking, you know, <laughs> comes into Green Bay and faces the Packers, but some good news on the injury side for Green Bay is Billy Turner and Lucas Patrick both did practice this week. It looks like they both have a good chance to play. Now, the loss of Lane Taylor obviously takes away some valuable depth. Billy Turner coming back is decent depth for the offensive line, but now you're going to have Turner out there with, I would I would assume it's, it's either going to be Rick Wagner or if they're going to move Elton Jenkins back to right tackle, Lucas Patrick is back, maybe he plays guard a little bit here. So, Mark, I know you've had some good opinions on the shuffling in terms of the interior offensive line. What do you think they're going to do uh, on Sunday? Do you think Elton Jenkins is back at right tackle, or do you think they're going to try to ride with, with Wagner or Turner out there? It's funny. I, that's what I just wrote about for Packer re- Report. I spelled out the options that, that LaFleur has. Um, and it was they, – they did dodge a bullet. I thought Patrick's injury – I didn't think it was season-ending like Lane Taylor's, obviously, but I thought he would miss a couple of games. I mean, it looked, it looked bad when it happened with the shoulder. I thought he would miss – Certainly this week, but hey, good for him that he's back. And we thought Turner would be back this week, so that wasn't a big surprise. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'll say this. Everybody, it didn't matter who they put in last week. The offensive line, that might be as good an all-around performance from a Packer offensive line in I don't know how many years. It was fantastic. I mean, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who was where. John Runyon, the rookie, comes in and gives him 15 good snaps. I mean, the kid hadn't played in – he's a rookie making his debut, never expected to get in the game, you know, and he's out and he played well against a good Viking de- – I mean, that's supposed to be a good Viking defense, right? I, I know Hunter was out, but still they had other – you know, it's not like it's a bad team by any means. Um, Wagner played well. I mean, better – God, I'm, I was pleasantly su- surprised. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't – as I wrote, it's, I mean, it's an interesting – decision for LaFleur he could go a number of ways he could he could leave Jenkins at guard I mean what I said was all we know for for sure is Bakhtiari is going to be at left tackle Lindsley is going to be at center and Jenkins is going to be somewhere now the other two spots he could he could shuffle money way he, he could go with Wagner at tackle at right tackle leave Jenkins at guard and put Turner at guard he could leave he, he could put Wagner at tackle and go with Patrick at guard over Turner if he wants to give Turner's knee another week. Or he could move Jenkins out to tackle. Or, oh, wait, be, before we go there, he could put Turner at tackle and put Wagner back on the bench and go with Jenkins and Patrick at, at guard. Or he can put Jenkins back at tackle and sit Wagner and go with Turner and Patrick at guard. I. I that that would be my if you know if he calls me tonight and asks me what to do, <laughs> I mean if if he thought Jenkins was the best option at right tackle last week, and that's what and that's how he started started the game. Well, then if he was good enough to start against the Vikings, he should be good enough to start at right tackle against the Lions, right? I don't know. Um, he obviously thought Patrick was a better option than Wagner 
to start last week, right? So if Patrick's healthy, he could be the option again, right? Patrick didn't do anything to lose the starting job. No, he played he played pretty so, decently. So all right, so Paul, it's going to be I'm, it's real interesting. I, I'm 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 real. Usually, you know, the offensive line isn't a interesting subplot to the game. It's like okay, let's see, you know, just play well, block, give give twelve time to throw. But I'm real interested because I think it speaks volumes as to which way I thought it spoke. I thought it screamed volumes last week that he started Jenkins at at right tackle over Wagner, you know. Uh, but then Wagner did play well when he went in, so maybe did he earn the spot? I don't. It's we'll find out, I guess. Right? I don't know. What are you uh, guys? Think? How, I, how, well, how that's you that's what I was going to say. Was let's let's say that uh, Coach Lafleur for some reason. Mark, I know you've got a lot of experience and insight, but what if he, if he decides to call Paul Brettel instead? So, Paul, if your phone rings and it's Coach Lafleur, what are you suggesting that he does with the offensive line this week? So, Mark listed off a ton of possibilities. I see there being two main ones. That's Jenkins at right tackle, Turner at right guard, Patrick at left guard, or Jenkins back at left guard, Wagner at right tackle, and Turner at right guard. And I think he's going to go with um, the latter. I think Wagner showed enough last week um, to be able to earn the start, put Jenkins back where, I mean, he was, uh, you know, an all on the all rookie team at left guard. And then Billy Turner, who by all accounts, you know, from what we heard and the little bit that we saw um, put together a nice camp. And so I think that that's what they're going to go with. So you bench Patrick. Yes. Okay. I think that's what they're going to go with, especially with, um, you know, Patrick's healthy and been practicing, and he's a nice um, depth player, and he performed well last week. But I think they're going to go with um, Wagner and Turner on the right side and then put Jenkins back where he had so much success last year. And But as Lafleur said, back before training camp even started, nothing set in stone other than pretty much Bakhtiari and Lindsley. So if things go south this week, he's going to make he's going to make moves and get the best five in there, as, as he said. Yeah, and I think and he sh- a- I think he should, and that's what you want to do, it, right? Lucas Patrick, might, it might be a function also of he's healthy and he's not out and he's going to suit up, but it might be one of those functions of we're we're only going to bring you in if we need you, and then we'll reevaluate that the following week if he's going to be a bigger part of it. But you want that O line to be continuous. You want that you want the continuity up front. They've got options. Now, I'll I'll say I don't think he should be starting, but I'm really pulling for Runyon now. Mark, I know that you've had some, some well, I mean, you haven't watched a ton of him. You know, his dad isn't him. But I'm, I'm really rooting for him to come up and make the decisions dip more difficult for Coach LaFleur because that's a good thing. That means that your draft pick is panning out and, Maybe he's ready to step in there, and then you don't have to go with so many emergency options like Billy Turner at right tackle, which we've all talked about and cold sweated out in the middle of the night about, or you know putting Rick Wagner out there at, at right tackle and moving some things around. I mean, Elton Jenkins, I, I would trust Elton Jenkins at any spot on the offensive line after what we've seen from him already, but... You you want that continuity, and you want to kind of figure out who your guys are going to be. So if Rick Wagner works out, that's great because he was a bargain signing. They didn't pay a ton for him, and you're 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 only trying to replace one of the best right tackles in football, who they decided to let walk. So 
It it is. It's it's a storyline. It's it's definitely I a just, thing, Mark. I don't want to downplay it too much. It's it's definitely worth worthy of the the amount of time we spent on it. I oh, just absolutely. want to add one other thing as well. So if they put Jenkins at right tackle again, you know, and we don't know how the rest of the season's going to play out, but if he plays out there, we've spent all off season wondering who's the right tackle of the future. Was he already on the <laughs> roster and yeah. Jenkins? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's. I'm glad you said that, Paul, because. I, I've been the leader of the I can't believe they didn't draft the right <laughs> tackle somewhere early. Um, maybe they, you know, maybe that's why they didn't. Maybe they all along thought, and maybe that, and maybe that's why they didn't even really fight hard to keep Brian Balaga because they knew they had his replacement. And it's a lot harder to find a good right tackle than it. And I don't want to put this down. Cause I, listen, I love guards. They're, they're nice people. <laughs> but you can find, <laughs> let's be honest, you can find guards. I mean, Lucas Patrick, who's done a nice job, wasn't undrafted. Uh, Lane Taylor, who, God, what a sad story that is, right? I mean, the, the poor guy. He fights back from, from missing all last year, has a great camp, wins the job that nobody thought he would have a chance to winning, and he's out again for a year. But again, Lane Taylor, undrafted. John Runyon, who we were all rooting for, I'm rooting for him. I mean, I'm his, I consider his dad a friend. Um, Sixth-round pick. You could guards, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but, but you can find them. They're not hard to find. I mean, they're 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 there. They're you get them late rounds, you get them undrafted, and they turn into decent players. So if, Jay, if Elton Jenkins can be a good right tackle, man, you're set at tackle for a while, and you and you're kind of set at guard too. You, you, with you know with a with a Patrick and a and I guess if you keep Turner around, I, I kind of think Turner isn't on the team next year. To be honest, well, that's what I'm saying is if Runyon steps up and he plays really well, that could mean Billy Turner's looking for another place to play football next year because you've got another guard that can and you save a ton of money. Yeah, save I think a ton that's of money. What and, for. Yeah, save a ton of money and then he can start. So I'll be interested to see because I expect this team obviously a lot to be determined yet to be playing beyond the end of the regular season. And so by the end of the season, do they trust is Runyon done enough and do they trust him enough that he's the guy and they know that Billy Turner is probably not going to be back next year and so does is there a change? I I would no. I, I think that's I think that's um that would surprise most everybody if it happened. But I'm I'm glad to see Runyon getting in a game so he can at least put something on tape so that sure. the team can start to kind of evaluate him because I'm rooting for him. I, I'm all about what's your backup, what's your contingency, and they've got a chance to to keep this offensive line solid. And it's it's one of those sneaky things about a football team that well not sneaky if you're if you're uh, a football nerd or a guru, but everybody the you know the the average person is looking at who's your quarterback, who's your tight end, who's your receivers, running backs. Well your offensive line, I mean the games are one up front argument, right? Your offensive line is very key. Very, very key. And I mentioned a couple guys. We, we talked about a couple guys. Joe Dahl, another guard for the Lions that, that could be out. So if they've got a couple guys missing, then that, that could also offer a little little bit of relief to the Packers' front and their pass rusher. It might potentially hamper their their ability to run the football. I don't know how well Vitae run blocks, Mark. Do you have any insight on that? Oh, he's, yeah. No, he's a, he's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Okay. That's why he's a right tackle. I mean – uh, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with him playing playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. People forget that Jason Peters was hurt and gone and on injured res- reserve, and and Vitae remarkably stepped in and did a did a you know more than adequate job at left tackle. 
Uh, but he is more suited as a right tackle, I believe. I mean, he's for the Eagles. He was a he was a swing. He he they had Peters and Lane Johnson as their starters. So he was just a you know he could fill in for for either one. Um, he filled in for Peters more because Peters, as he got older, kept getting hurt more and more. Um, he filled in for Lane Johnson when Lane was su- suspended for steroids. Um, yeah, he's a he's a he, again he you don't. You know, I think by a ten million a year form, I thought was a little crazy. I mean, especially when the Packers got Rick Wagner for what four point eight million, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, right? I mean, Vita is not twice as good as Rick Wagner, I don't think. Uh, but a couple of things I want to say. Uh, I did look up Galladay's numbers last year against the Packers. First game, he was five for one twenty-one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then the second game, he was four for seventy-two. So he had he he put up some some numbers against them. So that, that'll be a welcome subtraction, so to speak, right? Not, if he's not, not out there, well, well, on the other side of things, how do you guys? So let's let's welcome the rookie Jeff Okuda to the NFL. He's going to be uh, lining up against, well, who knows? But at some point or another, the Packers are going to try to get a favorable matchup, and maybe they they want to see what this kid's got. And he's covering Devontae Adams in his debut game in the NFL. How do you guys how do you guys feel about that one, Jeff Okuda versus Devontae? Well, anybody against Devontae Adams, but. You've got a rookie. I guess he's gonna he's gonna have to very quickly earn his stripes, right, Paul? Yeah, this should be another big week for both Rodgers and uh, his three receivers, Adams, Lazard, and MVS. And one thing I just want to point to last week, um, you know, we've seen good MVS games, we've seen bad MVS games, but very rarely, if at all, have we seen him have a good start and then fall off as he did with the two drops and then bounce back. I thought that was so huge for him, and I know it was a free play. But still, for Rodgers to go back to him that third time within, you know, what seemed like in real time only about 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so, um, I think that was huge for his confidence, and I hope that that propels him into into this week. And it should have a great – Packers receivers are going to have great matchups against, you know, Okuda is a heck of a player in college, but he's still a rookie. And then just the, the – you know, they're going to banged up set. So Rodgers and those receivers should have another another big day in store. All right, well, I've got the official uh, designations for the Detroit Lions that just came out. So Kenny Galladay will not play on Sunday. He's out. Desmond Trufant is out. Joe Dahl, the guard, is out. And Hunter Bryan, the tight end, uh, he's a backup tight end. He is out, which means Vitae is questionable. So he's still questionable. Okay. C.J. Moore is questionable. Nick Williams questionable. And then Okuda and uh, Jason Kabinda, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, linebacker, fullback, is likely to play. So that's the latest and greatest. So no true font, no Galladay, uh, and no Dahl. So that's one starter on the offensive line, a, a key wide receiver, and a key corner for Detroit. Does that change? I mean, I think we expected that to be the case. I'm sure that right. doesn't change anything that we've, we've really talked about. But now we know the answer. So the Packers won't have Kenny Clark. And by now, and of course, by the time you're listening to this, we'll know what the scoop is with the rest of these players. I didn't mention Montrevious Adams much. Montrevious Adams questionable. Mark? We can only hope. Offensive line and depth up front? Nah, forget it. Doesn't matter. No, we don't need that. And uh, No, he's got to play. I mean, they need – I mean, listen, I've, I'm, I've killed him forever. But he's – you know, if, if Clark – and without Clark, he has to do something. Right? I mean, yeah. at least just go out there and – tie up traffickers i mean do something right i know well, i think that packers did sign a guy this week who i've always now he's been he's been beset by injuries the last couple of years but i love 
early in his career, I, I liked this guy a lot. I liked him in college. I think I always thought he was a perfect 3-4 end. Is Billy Wynn, who they signed to the practice mm-hmm. squad. Um, you know, he was he's another guy that he was in Cleveland. Uh, but believe at least one of his years in Cleveland, Mike Petton was the head coach. So Petton knows him, and he knows Petton's system a little bit. Um, not, a, again, by no means a star. But I think, and if, if you know, and he's apparently healthier. They wouldn't have signed him. He's not a he could help that three four against a run. And he's not going to get any any pass rush or not much of a pass rush. But if we're worried about the run, which we are, um, Billy Wynn and I, I really I expect him to at least be called up from the practice squad. Like they bring two guys up from the practice squad, or sure. or he could take Lane. I mean. They got to put Lane Taylor on injured reserve, right? They're going to put him on injured reserve, and then the other guy, right? And then the other, the other guy that's um, got a chance to play finally and, <laughs> and get back on the field is Raven Green, the safety linebacker. So that gives Mike right. Pettin some more opportunity, more in the middle of the deep, not up front, but on I mean, the middle of the defense. A, but they I, need, I but they need that win. depth. Yeah, they need exactly. win for up front and depth. Yeah, because I mean, they, Dalen Mack, who everyone was so excited when they signed, he didn't make an impression, did he? Got no, him there for a week, and they got rid of him. Yep, <laughs> I think Wynn's going to be called up as well. I mean, yeah, we saw it last week with Chris Barnes. You yeah, know, that was just a total well. surprise. He did very well, and that was just a surprise. And they definitely need the depth. Clark's out, and Adams is questionable with his and health and when he's on and the field. Wynn's played football. I mean, Wynn's been in the league for – he's not a kid. He's been in the league, right. I think, six – now, he missed all of last year, right? With the, he was on the Broncos, but I think he spent a year on injured reserve. Um, he had some decent years early in Cleveland. Boise State, I remember his, his draft. I kind of wanted the Packers to draft him. And they did, not Cleveland did. And he had, like I said, he was a decent rotational defensive lineman for the, for the Browns for, I think, four. I think he played four years for the, for, for the Browns. Uh, well, one of them under Mike Penton, So You know, that's, you know what's we'll interesting see. about that, too? And I just want to get your guys' quick thoughts on Green before we wrap uh, the injury discussion here is – this year, hearing a guy's press side of the practice squad, because as soon as you see that in, in past years, we're kind of conditioned to think that, oh, he's a undrafted free agent or he's a young player or hasn't been around. The practice squad rules are different this year. So when somebody signs to the practice squad during the season, you really got to do some homework and look into who the player is. Because like you said, Mark, he could be somebody who's got some time in the league oh, or yeah. has done something. Josh McCown yeah. is on the Eagles practice squad. <laughs> and he's not even living in Philadelphia, apparently. He lives in Texas, which right. is... I didn't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's wonderful. So, so as far as Raven Green goes, I mean, if he's able to get out there and play, he did, didn't get back much last season after he was injured. But I still am of the opinion that I think they've got plans for him this season, unless you guys see it differently, Paul. I don't know what your thoughts are on Green. No, he's a big part of this defense. I mean, we know how often Mike Petton rolls with three safeties, and as good as Kamal Martin was in camp, and as good as Chris Bar- Chris Barnes looked last week, they're they're still going to be you know fifteen, twenty, twenty five snap guys just because Petton plays so much nickel and dime defense, and so that means a third safety. And Raven Green, you know, he is that third safety when he's healthy, and he's going to be a big part of that. You know, he has the speed and where he can help with coverage against the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. But, man, he's got some big arms, and he can be an enforcer in the run game there next to Kirksey as well. So hopefully he's back and healthy because I think he's a he's a big key to this defense that was that was missed last year. Yeah, I would I – would, I'm looking forward to seeing him get out there. The team likes him a lot, and he seems like the type of guy who can come out and just play ball. He seems like a pure football player. Mark, any thoughts on Green? It's been a while oh, since you know, he's I'm, played, so – I'm the big – I'm the big Raven Green guy. I 
I watched him at James. My my daughter went to James Madison. Yep. Yep. So I was a big James Madison. I'm a big James Madison fan. My my daughter actually she didn't know Raven. She knew who he was, but she was actually friends with his roommate, um, whose name I forget right now. But he's he's not in the NFL, so it's, you know. He, but he played played at JMU. Um, so I'm a big. I mean, I'm I was thrilled when the Packers signed him as a undraft. I rooted for him to make the team, and he did. And um, he just got to stay healthy, Raven. I mean, he he you know. After a while, you got to start worrying about a guy that's always hurt. But um, no, he could definitely be a factor. And let me say this too about the Lions: we 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 made it clear how much they're going to miss Galladay, right? Well, I think that could mean they're they're going to go they're they're going to throw the ball to the tight end a lot more. And they got a, they have a pretty good tight end in their number one pick last year, Hawkinson. So somebody has to cover him. And we know the Packers through the years have 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 have, have had trouble against good tight ends. So I don't know if Green will be a factor there or whoever, but you know that's got to, that's to me that's the Lions' key a key piece to the Lions this week is running the ball and throwing the ball to the tight end because I think I think the Packers' corners will more than handle the Lions' wide receivers this mm-hmm. week, especially without Galladay. I mean, yeah. who do they have? They have Marvin Jones and and Badger fans. We get to watch Quintez Cephas this week. Oh, I'm a huge <laughs> Quintez Cephas fan. <laughs> Everybody wants yeah, Cephas like a... in Green Bay. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about Quentin Seavers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go around the horn then. This was good. Injury update. Looks like the Packers have a decent chance to rack up another victory on Sunday, but they got to go out and play the game and play solidly, and hopefully no more injuries. Knock on wood, everybody else stays healthy. But what are we working on this week, Paul, over at Dairyland Express in a game on Wisconsin? Um, on Saturday, our Dairyland Express crew will have our game predictions, and also every Saturday I'm coming out with my bold predictions. Oh. Last week last week went one for three, so we're going to look to if we see if we can get to two this week. And then after the game, just recaps and taking a look at what happened. And you and I on Saturday will be doing yes. Pulse of the Pack, and we're going to be welcoming a guest I was able to secure since Jacob Westendorf Will be will not be with us. He is going to be whining and dining the CEO of Game On Wisconsin, and that is of course Blake Westendorf, in celebration of her birthday, which is today Friday or yesterday Friday if you're listening to it on Saturday. So Jake won't be with us, but Logan Lamorandier, Lamorandier, I'm practicing that of Sports Illustrated. He covers the Lions, and he's going to join us to talk about the Lions this year and preview the game for us. So that'll be cool on. Uh, Pulse of the Pack Saturday afternoon. That's at four central. And then Mark Packer report this upcoming week. What do we got? Let's see what happens. Right. Um, I, like I said, I have a story up now that I thought was pretty interesting about what we just talked about the offensive line and the the options that they have and what what might happen. And then as soon as the game's over Sunday, I'll be running my instant analysis of of the game. And then during the week, we'll we'll see where where what happens this week and where it takes me for my Thursday story. Um, I think I'm again. I this week's that game's going to be. I, I I think I bet the over. I don't even know what the number is, but bet the over. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right, very good. And I'll have a game recap for everybody after the game on Sunday, and then Quick Slants podcast will be out in the middle of next week to talk about what oh, happened wait, I against ask the Paul, Paul, what was the one you had right? What was your bold prediction that that came that came uh, that came in? Uh, Rogers passing for over three twenty five. Wow. Oh, okay. I won't ask you the ones that, that missed. I don't want to bring those up. <laughs> I had uh, five sacks no. for the defense. I thought they were going to terrorize. They should have had eight. Line. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was, uh, oh, Jones going for 
he's just had a lot of success on the ground. And I thought that, and the Packers did uh, terrorize that Vikings defense, but I thought some, and he, I think he got 60, 70 yards. He wasn't that, right. that was the other one. Right. And you were close. I mean, the sacks, uh, they, they should have, especially with the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was a good one. We got another one coming up here and, uh, and hopefully the numbers are good as well after this game. So a lot to look forward to a lot of good stuff upcoming, but we will be back next week to talk about all of it and talk about week three heading into New Orleans to face the Saints where the Packers have not won a game since 1995. So, all right. Well, guys, stay safe. Mark, stay dry over on the East Coast. Paul, get your, get your uh, long sleeve and your long pants ready for that, uh, <laughs> that frost overnight. Everybody stay safe. Enjoy the game this weekend. And as always, Go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.